Okay, so let's get started. It is 7.30 on Thursday evening, so let's get started. Um, okay, so two Shilas. One I got last week, uh, if you recall, last Friday was Rosh Chodesh and also Erev Rosh Chodesh. So we did the whole, um, uh, we spoke about haircutting. We didn't speak about it last Thursday night, but one of the time in Al-Akshim last week was about getting haircuts. But then I got a Shaila last, uh, whatever it was, Wednesday or Thursday. Last Thursday it was, and it went as follows. I don't think I mentioned this Shaila last week. If I did... Uh, tell me, and I'll do a different one. Um, there's a guy in my shul, this is from a rabbi in Florida, um, and he writes as follows, there's a guy in my shul who shaves his head entirely, meaning when he gets a haircut, he shaves his head. Um, I have a good relationship with him. We learn Gemara once a week. He has a yeshiva background, but he deliberately never, I, I, I deliberately never bothered him about his lack of pace. I feel that he knows that it's wrong, and bothering him would only distance him. He just texted me asking if haircuts are okay tomorrow. What would you suggest I answer? Is it a form of lift me to say it's mutter? Meaning essentially the rabbi knows that if he says, yeah, haircuts are okay tomorrow, the guy's going to shave his head and he's going to cut off his pace. Uh, so is it like some sort of lift me How do you respond to such a uh, question last week, right? When, uh, when it was uh, mutter to shave on last Friday because the sphere to get a haircut. Next, Shaila. Shalom Rabbi Leibowitz. This came in on Tuesday, I think. I have a quick question. I have a Talmidah who reached out to me that her father bought tickets to a Jewish concert tonight, not realizing that it was during Svira. It's an Israeli singer, but I don't know how religious he is. She wanted to know about Yom Ha'atzma'ut. I'm sure that there is a lot written about music on Yom Ha'atzma'ut. She doesn't feel comfortable going, but she feels she might have to for Kibbut Aveim. Her father's a pretty firm guy, and it just somehow didn't register that it was during Sphira. He'd probably understand, but he'd also be disappointed. What should I tell her to do? Okay, so uh, Shiloh number one, uh, what do you tell the guy that asks about getting a haircut uh, during Sphira when you, not during Sphira, getting a haircut when you're allowed to get a haircut, but knowing that he's going to shave his pace off? And Shiloh number two, tickets to a concert on Yom Ha'atzmud. All those who prefer Shiloh number one. All those who prefer Shiloh number two? Okay, in, in person, we have a clear preference. Let's see what we get over here. Ooh, on, on the Zoom, it looks like Shiloh number two is winning. Um, it's three to one on the Zoom for Shiloh number two. A lot of people on the Zoom didn't vote. Um, <laughs> all right. So it looks like it's Shiloh number one. Is that what you said? The forbidden haircut? Is that what's that Shiloh number one? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, well, in-person people will get uh, precedence over Zoom people, so we're going to have to, we're going to go with Shaila number one. Okay, so um, it's not Liv Neiver, right? Meaning it's not, although it would be cool if it was, because that's this week's Parsha, right? Meaning it would be a nice, uh, a, nice, a nice touch, although there's plenty in this week's Parsha on this also, because what is it? It's not Liv Neiver Messiah. What, what would his responsibility to say something be? Also, this week's parasha, so that works out nicely, right? It's uh, the mitzvah of ochech tochech. So, two things we have to discuss. First of all, uh, what exactly is the level of responsibility that one has of tochecha if you see that someone is doing an avera? Like, when are you obligated to do that? When you're not obligated to do that? And second of all, uh, is it so pasha that what the guy is doing is totally wrong? Meaning that uh, that shaving his head is uh, is absolutely awesome. It happens to be that this thing of uh, people getting haircuts like that when they it happens to, mostly in people in my age group, not in your age group. Meaning people that start losing their hair. I think it was made popular originally by Michael Jordan. Uh, when Michael Jordan was uh, he was a guy who played basketball for Chicago back in the, uh, whatever. I'll, I'll explain a different time. But but um, you know, when when Michael Jordan was uh, at the peak of his powers. 
um, he uh, he started losing his hair and it was pasnished for like you know an athlete to look mortal you know for the greatest athlete in the world to look mortal so he wasn't going to let God take his hair away he took his own hair away so he started shaving his head so that uh, you know so so that and that became like a thing that people who were uncomfortable with the idea of getting older um, would just shave their heads because they didn't want to look like they were balding so it looks like that's just the way you know I take control you know that's just the way I get I get my hair cut I, I've, I've had more than one rabbi by more than one I mean two two rabbis uh, tell me at different at different weddings that uh, it, requesting that I ask Rav Schechter to write a tshuva about people shaving their heads because they find that in their communities it's like a very popular thing to do and uh, they, they felt that they don't really have a Pesach to discuss it, and it would insult people or whatever, but if Rav Shechter just like released a tshuva to the entire modern Orthodox community, then that would give a Pesach for discussion, meaning like it would put it on the agenda and people would start talking about it, which is a very interesting idea. I thought that was a great idea. It's just a matter of you know, pinning Rav Shechter down and getting him to, 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 write, to write it, meaning the idea came because of all those COVID tshuvas that were a big service to the community. So like, why not have tshuvas about other things also that the community can use and that will be uh, beneficial, that the Rabbanim feel are beneficial. That's not a good idea, so hopefully we'll get him to do that at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah? How about Jewish women? They also do Shave their heads? I don't think so. Oh, the Hasidim, yeah. Ah, so it happens to be that women don't have a requirement to have payas. So why, why do they do that? Why do they? Ah, oh, so they do it for a different reason. We're not going to get into it right now. Okay, but I'll tell you later. But uh, it's for a different reason. Um, now, let's first discuss the mitzvah of Hochech So the Torah tells us, Hochech Tochech Samisecha Velosisa Alav Chet. And the Ramban writes, what does that mean? Lolamdu tochachas musar, velosisa alav chet, shiyya lecha asham, kashar yechta velohachachta oso. You're going to be held responsible if someone else does navera, and you could have stopped it, and you didn't stop it. Uh, that, that's the mitzvah. The Gemara Maseches Arachin tells us, ad heichon tochacha, how far do you have to go to be mochiach somebody? Like, how, how, how much do you have to do? So, Rav Amar ad hakaa until you get to the point where the guy wants to punch you in the face, until he wants to smack you. you know, that's how far you have to go. Shmuel Amar ad klala, until he's ready to curse you. Rabbi Yochan Amar ad nizifa, until he's uh, ready to like censure you, to like be uh, just angry at you and uh, walk off in a, hum, in a huff. The Gemara that you have to be mochiach afilu mea pa'amin. You have to keep on doing it over and over and over again. A mitzvah minatora, mitzvah doraisa, to be mochiach people who are doing something wrong. In fact, the Gemara Masech Shabbos tells us that the Midas Hadin is Mekatrig against Sadikim in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is Mekatrig against Sadikim Shoya Efshar Biyadam Limchos Ba'u If there were Sadikim who lived their lives with pure righteousness, but they had the ability to make a Macha'a uh, against those who were doing Averos and they didn't, they're held responsible for such a thing. Not only that, um, the, uh, the, 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 meaning the, even though that is true there are certain limitations on, on the Mochiach the Gemara tells us he says I wonder if in our generation there's anybody that could really be that can accept and receive he says and here's why I mean, what, what would you think why can't people be so my, my thought would be no. What would you think? Well, let me not tell you my thought. 
their ego, right? People are sensitive. You, you know, you you, uh, you you give anyone any sort of criticism, they get all defensive and sensitive. They they take it like, oh no, I have no self worth now. No, a person with a healthy sense of self confidence could be told when they're doing something wrong, and they should feel. But no one has a healthy sense of self confidence because people have like social media, so like there's no uh, you know. So so it hurts, right? So that's what I would have thought. But that's not what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara says, no, okay, here's why. the Mochiach will tell the guy, you know, you got a little something between your eyes. You should take it away, as it is, meaning uh, it's a euphemism for an Avera, like a little splinter. Oh, I have a splinter in between my eyes? You have a huge beam in between your eyes. Meaning, uh, whoever is Mochiach, you, is not a tzaddik himself. So it's hard to be makabel tocha from people who, uh, who themselves don't live up to the, to the standards. So the implication is that the reason we can't be makabel tocha is because we don't have anyone who can give tochacha. We don't have anyone who's capable of giving it. And the Gemara says, Amr Blaz ben Azariah, Tmehani im yesh padar hazeh sheyodeya lo chiyach. And Rashi writes, he says, I wonder if there's someone in our generation who knows how to give tocha properly in a respectful way that will not be embarrassing to, uh, to either party, that will not be embarrassing to the person receiving the tocha, meaning it's a hard thing to do, right? That's clear what the Gemara is telling us, it's a very hard thing to do. Uh, and the Gemara in Yavama says, it's not just like, oh, yeah, but what do you have to lose? No, you do have what to lose. Just like a person has to say that which will be heard, he also has to not say that which will, that which will not be heard. So you're not supposed to say when you know that nobody's going to listen. The Gemara Masechus Beitzah tells us about various Amoraim that didn't um, object to the uh, Averos that the people in their communities were doing, and their excuse was, that what, I'm going to give them the Musr and then they're going to continue to do the Avera anyway. Before I give them the Musr they're only doing a Peshogek. Once I give them the Musr and they know better, they're going to do B'meizid. So it's going to be much, much worse. So better not to give them the Musr. So we, we have to like figure out when do we apply which rule? When do we apply the mitzvah and when do we say So in the beginning of the Sugi Masech's Beitzah it tells us about all these Amoraim that had this attitude of Mutu Shushogim, and the Gemara qualifies that. The Gemara says, Vahani Mili, Drabanon, Aval Bidorai Salam. That the only time you can say Mutu Shushogim, better for them to be doing a Peshogim rather than doing a Pemezid, is if what they're violating is Nisid Drabanon. If what they're violating is Nisid Drabanon, so you must tell them. So, meaning, bring it back to our case, one thing you're going to need to figure out is shaving his head, a Dorais or a Drabanon. So, what would you think? Daraisa, right? You would think it's Daraisa because Losa Kiva Pazroshkam is the Nisr Daraisa, right? Meaning you would think. Unless, unless. What? Right, maybe only if you're using a razor, it's Daraisa. Maybe only if you're cutting off the payas and leaving the rest, it's Daraisa. Right? So we have to figure that out because that apparently makes a difference. But then the Gemara says, Velohi, Velohi. Lo Shomidaraisa, Velo Shomidarabana, Lo Amrinu, Velo Midi. 
the Gemara says uh, there were Daraisas also that they didn't say anything about, like Tosefes Yom Kippurim, which is Daraisa. And they still assume Mutav Shiyushogin, Valyum Azidin. Okay, so then when don't you say Mutav Shiyushogin, Valyum Azidin? So says the Bali Itor, quoted in the Rush and the Ran and and is quoted in the Dark Emotion and the Bottom of the Tour, that the Chilik is not between Daraisa and Zerabon, and the Chilik is between and something that, when something is explicit in a pasuk, you assume they must know it because who doesn't learn chumash, right? So they must know it if it's explicit in the pasuk, and therefore you lose nothing by telling them. You could assume they're already mazed, so you don't have the svar of mutav shushogin. Whereas if it's not mufurish something that you need a drasha to derive, so then we say mutav shushogin. Um, that's how the Rashba assumes that uh, that that uh, that everybody would know if it's Mufurish Bakra. Um, there are other uh, details that the Rishonim add to this din. For example, Tosos Masach Shabbos and Daplin Hay writes, Hecha Devade Lomakabli Hanachlu. That if you know for sure they're not going to listen, also don't say anything. Meaning, even if it's a case of something that is Daraisa, but if you know for sure they're not going to listen, what are you accomplishing? They're just going to not like you. It's just going to cause uh, animosity. They're not going to listen anyway. They're just going to be angry. So it's not going to help. So if you know for sure they're not going to listen, you don't, you don't say anything. However, the Namukha Yosef writes, Mitzvah Nishma, that's only Berabim. But Biyachid, if it's an individual, you have to be Mokhiachim, Ad Kalalanu. And, and he says, and even Barabim, you have to be mochiach them once. Even if you know for sure they're not going to listen. You know for sure they're not going to at least you got to give it one shot. Even if it's, even if it's a situation Barabim, um, that there shouldn't be a pischon peh, that this went on under your nose and you didn't say anything. I mean, it's not all about the other person. It's also about you, that you witness uh, Averos, you witness violation of Averos. You can't just witness a violation of an Avera. Rav Moshe has a fascinating tshuva. Rav Moshe talks about I think it's about a bris, that someone was making a non-frum family had a baby on Shabbos, so they called a frum moel to do the bris, and the mila is docha Shabbos. But at the mila, they were going to have a photographer, and they were going to have you know, all sorts of chil Shabbos, all everyone's going to drive, and there's a non-frum family. So the mole wanted to know, should I tell them I'm doing the bris on Sunday, that we should do the bris on Sunday instead of Saturday, and that way, uh, you know, avoid the chil Shabbos. So the bris is docha Shabbos, but so I think Ramosha has a svara over there that providing an audience for Averos is also problematic. Meaning even being there to witness and watch people do an Avera is supposed to hurt. That's also problematic. It makes it a bigger Avera when there's an audience watching the Avera. It's a greater sense of Chilul Hashem when there's an audience to the, uh, to the Avera. So that's, that, that's one detail. Another detail, the Shittim Gvetzah is called Semesachas Beitzah, that the din, uh, uh, that you're supposed to say something, is uh, when, when it's not Mufurish Bakra, is only Bedoros Rishonim. You should say something about, about everything because you never know, um, you know, when people, uh, some, you, you just need to make a machal when people are doing something that is, uh, that is totally off. In fact, the Mishra Brura quotes the Tosas and Shabbos and the, the, he quotes the Tashbates as well that if you're not sure if they're going to listen or not, 
you need to make a macha even on the Rabbanans. And Bir Alacha says, the Bedavar Sha'achsu le Mina Garua Lahakal Befaresya, Mikri Galulan Shleikablu, Bain Sarachlim Chosel Mkenu Mufurish Betora. But something that you know is something that everyone does publicly, so then it's as if you know they will not accept, and uh, therefore you don't have to be Mocha unless it's Mufurish Betora. So you have all of these details, like, you know, not details, like competing forces over here. On the one hand, you have to say something because it's Mitzvah Torah. On the other hand, no one really knows how to say something. On the other hand, yeah, but like if you could stop an Avera, you got to stop an Avera. Yeah, but on the other hand, they're not going to listen anyway. But on the other, meaning it's like uh, there's this back and forth. So the, the, the impression that you get is that if there's a chance the person's going to listen um, and you have a way to say it respectfully in a way that won't be overly insulting, you should try to do that, right? I mean, that, that's the, the overall impression that you get. Um, if you know for sure that they're not, they're not going to listen, so you could hint to it, but probably shouldn't say anything beyond, beyond that one time if you know for sure they're not going to listen. Um, so that, that's where we are as far as Tocha. So in this case, the guy learns with him every week. He has some sort of relationship with him. He's the rabbi. The other one is a congregate. It's possible that the person will, he may not be happy about it. He may not want to hear the Musr, but it's possible that he's going to listen. So the next issue we have to figure out is, so what are the payas? Like, well, what are the dinam of payas? So the Gemara Mishach says that if a person shaves their entire head, it's also a violation of shaving the payas. HaKafas Kalarosh is Shema HaKafa as well, even though the reason we assume for payas HaRosh is that it's the way the Ovdei Avodazari used to get their haircuts was shave the sides and leave long hair on top. But uh, the, the, the gather of the Yisr is, uh, is that it includes shaving the whole head. And that is the opinion that's accepted by all the major Rishonim. That's why we pass in Shulchan Aruch, that, uh, that, that shaving the whole head is, uh, is in Isra as well. Um, now, the question becomes, okay, but, but, but how, how, what's called shaving? So the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch don't provide a precise definition of what is considered hair and what is considered shaved, meaning how much hair is hair, right? Is it, is it like the, the length of my beard now? So is that, if you've got a haircut like that, would that be bad, would that be okay? Right? How much hair is considered hair? A one, a two, like what, what, what do you set the machine? A half, right? What, what would you set the machine to? What would it be considered a shaved area? So it seems that everyone would agree that you're allowed to trim your payas, um, you know, leaving out Kabbalistic and whatever other considerations. But people, you know, generally are allowed to trim their payas. So how much are you allowed to trim them? So the Rambam, that it's only usher to remove payas with a razor. Cutting payas with a misparayim ke'entar um, is totally acceptable according to the Rambam. Wow. That means that the people are doing nothing wrong, right? According to the Rambam, because the machines that they use are not a razor; they're misprim keintar, so they're allowed to do that. They're doing nothing wrong, according to the Rambam. Dr. Chuba writes that the Sefer Achimach understands that even though the Rambam patters someone who removes his payas with scissors from an onesh, it's still aser. But if you look at the Sefer Achinuch, it seems to indicate that the Sefer Achinuch only applied the, that to shaving the beard, not to shaving the head. It seems the Rambam Shita is not like that. The Rambam Shita is actually really true, that you're allowed to shave your head with misparayim ke'entar. Tosos and the Rush reject the Rambam. Tosos and Nazir Daphne Malchim Beis, the Rush in the third paragraph of Masachs Makos, they hold that removing hair with uh, misparayim ke'entar is just as bad. It's a violation of cutting off the base. How do we paskin? In Shulchan Aruch, Yordeus, in Kuf Pei, Aleph, Sif, Gimel, Shulchan Aruch paskins like the Rambam, like the Rambam, and then he quotes 
yeshomrim that are machmir like the rush, but then he adds, and we should be machmir that way. So normally when you have a stam and yeshomrim, you follow the stam. But the Shulchan Aruch then adds, after he quotes the Yeshomrim of the Rosh and the Tosos, that you're, that you're not allowed to do it, and he says, and, and, and we should be makbid to, to follow the Rosh and Tosos. So it's not like there's no one that holds what they're doing is okay, it's just that the Shulchan Aruch doesn't hold what they're doing is okay. And, and the Shulchan Aruch thought it worthwhile to quote the, the other opinion. Darke Tshuva thinks that if someone, acts, if someone unwittingly followed the Rambam, he doesn't have to do Tshuva, because he's following what the Shulchan Aruch really holds as the Yikra did even though the Shulchan Aruch thinks we should be more machmir than that. So uh, you shouldn't do it, certainly. Um, but, uh, you know, if someone did it, it's not like they have to do major tshuva for, uh, for doing it. So that's one. Second of all, how long does the hair have to be in order for, yeah? Um, you're referring to how much are you cutting off or how long you have to in How long each hair has to be. Let's say you shaved everything first, then you cut off again and again and again. You're only cutting off like a millimeter every time. No, no, it's how much is left. It's the res- it's a result-oriented, uh, you see. So how long does it, do, do the hairs have to be in order to, for it not to have been considered totally cut off? So the Rambam in Hilchus Nazirus, Parakei Allah writes that in Nazir is also not allowed to get a haircut. He's only chayev for cutting hair in a way that removes the hair entirely. If he trims his hair and leaves a length that would allow the top of the hair to be bent back toward its root, then it's enough hair to leave over. So, Dayan Weiss in Minchas Yitzchak, Chelek Dalit, Simon Kof Yud Gimel, Osei, says it must be that it's the same criteria for the lengths of the hair of the pace. That it's Lachuf Rosho Ikaro, the amount of hair that you could take a single strand of hair and bend it toward the root of the hair. So, uh, Rav Belsky says that if you use a number two extension on the, uh, on the machine, that leaves you with enough pace. Right? So, a number two, not less than a two, but a two would leave you with enough pace. The Rambam in Ilchus Paraduma, Parak Aleph Lachadal, is so fascinating, like these strange areas of halacha that you compare it to. Because we're not told in Ilchus Pesarosh how much a hair is. So we're looking for other areas of halacha. So one area of halacha is we look at a Nazir. The other area of halacha, a Paraduma. Right? Why Paraduma? What, what does Paraduma have to do with hairs? Because if it has two hairs that are red, then it's not a paraduma. So what, what counts as a hair? How long are these hairs that are not red that would make it not a paraduma? And every once in a while, there's like a red cow born somewhere, and uh, there's some kavir that offers a million dollars for it or something until they find out that it was possible. A few years ago, they had one in Lakewood. There was some uh, non-Jewish or non-religious farmer in Lakewood that found a uh, paraduma in Lakewood, of all places. And then uh, someone was willing to pay millions of dollars for it, and then... Uh, they discovered that it was pregnant, which means it's possible to use as paraduma. If it was ever mounted by a male, it's possible. But anyway, the, the, the Rambam writes in Luchs Paradum Parakal Falachadalin that a completely red cow that has two white or black hairs doesn't have the status of paraduma. But if the hairs are so short that you wouldn't be able to grab them with a tweezer, then they're not a hair. So the, the definition of length of hair, to be able to grab with a teaser, tweezer in, in that context. So if we'd applied that to payas, then you could probably be more makel than a two. Then you could probably get a number one haircut. In fact, Rav Shechter quotes in Nev Sharad from Ramesha Salavechik that as long as the hair is long enough to feel at all, to feel its presence, that that's enough. Um, he says, Bikula, the Ramesh Salvech got. Rav Shachter was telling us, uh, he, I, I was privileged to uh, have a Suda Shabbos together with Rav Shachter uh, at Rav Shai's house 
Rav Shai and Rina's house on Shabbos this past Shabbos afternoon. So uh, before Rav Shai got home from shul, I got there a little early. Um, Shatzer always leaves shul as soon as he can, like meaning after davening's over, he doesn't like to socialize. So, um, so, uh, so I, I, I asked him. Oh, he was telling me that he has a notebook from his father of Chidushe Torah. What did he say? He said Chidushe Torah from uh, Rav Moshe Salvechik. I think it was Chidushe Torah from the Rav, maybe, and Chidushe Torah from Rochaim Dimitman, I think, somehow. Uh, I don't remember. It was, it was like three sections. And he said, uh, he said, Rav Moshe Salvechik, oh no, maybe it was Rav Chaim and the Rav and not Rav Moshe. And Rav Shatzel commented, Rav Moshe Salvechik didn't have a lot of chidushin. He said over everything from his father, but he didn't have a lot of chidushin Torah. So I said, Rabbi, you quoted Nevesh Arab that uh, with the length of the hair of the face. So then he had shitos, you know, he had shitos in halacha, but not like uh, many, uh, he didn't develop many of his own chidushin, which is interesting. But Rav Shaksa quotes this from Ramesh Salvechik that, uh, that even if you could just feel the hair, in the Bir Alachi, in some Rish and Aleph, he writes that a person can't cut his payas to the point that they're literally close to the skin, but you're allowed to leave very, very little. So he doesn't quantify what that is, but L'chora, it means even a very, very tiny amount of hair. So uh, what I told this rabbi is that a few years ago, not more than a few, it was 15 years ago, um, uh, last time Davyomi, two times ago when Davyomi was doing Nazir. So there was a guy in my shul that I noticed from guy you know, learned two years in Shalvin, you know, gave Chaburas and Shiurim, like, good guy, like, you know, from knows how to learn kind of guy. And I noticed he was shaving his head. So I didn't know, like, what do I do? Should I say something? Should I not say something? Like, I knew he's going to get insulted if I say something. So so what do I do? So I was, like, all nervous about what to do. And Dafyomi was learning, he was learning Dafyomi, like, he must have realized that we learned the Daf, a Kavaz Kalarosh. But anyway, it was during Smira time. And uh, about a week before Lag Bomber, I figured now's my chance. So I went over to him and I said, uh, you know, we're learning Nazir now, and apparently, like the Gemara keeps talking about, Kafas Kala Rosh, maybe it's Kedai to look into whether you're allowed to shave your head. Um, you know, and he, uh, that's the way I said it. And he said, what do you mean, maybe it's Kedai to look into whether, you're the rabbi, are you telling me it's usher? So tell me it's usher, man up. Like, what's your, like, what's your problem? Meaning, like, uh, you know, he was very upset at me. He was very, very upset. He's like, how about you do the research and you tell me, and you tell me what the Pesach is. So, uh, so I, did, uh, I, I, I did some research. And on Lag Bomer morning in shul, I handed him like a little packet of marmikomos. And I said, look, Hakafas kala rosh is shema hakafa, and therefore it is asir to do hakafas kala rosh. But some rishonim hold it's only mitrabanan when you do hakafas kala rosh, not the arisa. Second of all, Ramesh Salvechik shita is that even if you get a one, you're okay, right? That you don't have to get a zero. Plus, you have the shita quoted in Shulchan Aruch, the shita Saramam quoted in Shulchan Aruch that uh, that that if you use misprime kain tar, it's mutter. So between the combination of those different things. I think if you get a one, you have, you know, not a two, you get just a one, which you, know, you should be able to manage, or even like just something that's enough that you could feel and see that the hair is somewhat there, I think you have what to be Samechan. And I gave him the Maramakomos, and he was not happy with me. Um, he took them, and, you know, was, uh, walked away in a huff. And then uh, I, I, was, I was teaching DRS at the time, and it was Log Bomber, so we were on a Log Bomber trip. We were in Grant Park, uh, the guys were playing baseball. And I got a uh, a call from him. 
uh, from this guy. And I picked the phone. He said, Rabbi Leibowitz, I owe you a thousand brachos. I said, okay, why? <laughs> and he said, um, right after you gave me those marmacles, right after davening, I took my boys and I went to get a haircut. He had, uh, he has three sons, and he has four now, but he had three at the time. And I said I went to I went to get a to get a haircut, and I was, you know, I got like a one, you know, or maybe even short, like a very short. And he said, and I was sitting in the barber chair, and a guy in the barber shop comes over to me and starts yelling at me and berating me and saying, what kind of person are you? You have kids that go to yeshiva and this is the kind of haircut you get? Cutting off your payas? And he started yelling at me. So he said, I calmly pulled out of my pocket a packet of marmakomos and I said, well actually, Shitas Harambam, Torah Shulchan Aruch, is that Ms. Brian Kane Tar is mutter. And even though the Shulchan Aruch recommends to be machmir, Ramesh Salvechik held that as long as it's somewhat recognizable, that's good enough. And considering that we were likely only talking about a Drabanan of a Kafas Kalarosh, maybe it's, uh, you know, and if you want marmakomos, here you go. And the, the, and the person was like stunned and he was silenced, obviously, and he took the marmakomos. So the guy said, what would have happened had you not said anything to me? I would have gotten my normal haircut. This guy would have berated me. I would have been humiliated. I would have had nothing to say. And my kids would have been there watching me get humiliated. Now they got to see that what I did was al Torah, that uh, was al Alacha. So I owe you a thousand brachos for that. So I, th- from then on, like when people ask, should I be mochiach, should I not be mochiach? I always am nota a little bit toward... Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe say something. So I told the rabbi you should say something. So he sent me a screenshot of the conversation he had with this uh, fellow. And it goes like this. Um, the fellow says, 5.20 uh, p.m. Hi, are haircuts tomorrow okay? So the rabbi responds at 5.37 p.m. after you know, we had this exchange. Um, if someone is keeping the first half of Svira, it's okay. If they keep the second half, then it depends if they shave before Shavuot's. We could also talk about what type of haircuts are okay, if you'd like. That's how the rabbi did it. So the guy responds back, 5.38 p.m., one shaila a month. That's the special I signed up for. No premium package. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he had a sense of humor, obviously. <laughs> he took it in stride. He's, that's his way of saying, I'm not ready for that conversation yet, but it's on my, you know, it's, I, I understand, I hear. He didn't get super insulted. Good. That's I think the you know it's the second best possible result, right? The best possible result would be like, oh, I'd love to have that conversation. Tell me what to do, you know. But uh, that's that's a pretty pretty good result. All things uh, all things considered. Okay, everyone have a great show.